This is Discover Your Dog, the show that demystifies your dog's behavior so you can get the very best results from your dog training. This show is brought to you by FamilyDogFusion.com. For professional advice, dog training tips, ebooks, and a video to teach your dog how to walk on a leash, go to FamilyDogFusion.com and sign up for your free membership today. Last week, I gave you a very brief synopsis of my life in dog training. (laughs) Very brief in my life. And although it's been doing that for 20 years, I have a lot of other things going on. Who knows, right? So anyway, I have a very special guest, like I told you I would, Nicole Swan. And she has been on the show before and worked with me a few years back few years. Oh my gosh, how long has it been? 15. Like 15 years ago. And uh, so she's going to give you some insight on how I started and some of the things that I did wrong and some of the things that I did right and the things that she has seen and changes in my life now. We would love for you to join our community of dog lovers. Log on to Facebook and search for our business page, Family Dog Fusion. There you will get updates as to what's going on with our dog-loving family and friends from all over the world. See events, our travels, or just information that you may need about the podcast, our book, or the new products we'll be releasing. That's Family Dog Fusion on Facebook. See you there. This is Discover Your Dog, the show that demystifies your dog's behavior and makes a mistake every now and again. I am Benny Copeland, behaviorist to the dogs, trainer to the people, and just like you, the listener, a dog lover. Sit back, relax. We'll get your toes done in about 15 minutes. (laughs) So, Nicole, this is, there is no script on this, right? And, um... I said last week that you might reveal some things about me that I uh, might have to show a little bit of a vulnerability today. Uh, we were talking, and I opened the kennel back in 2004, and it was either toward the end of 2005 or the beginning of 2006 when I met you, and you came in and started working with me. Uh, at the time, Amy was the manager there. And then um, she left soon after, and then you started managing that kennel. Yeah, I'll never forget the story, actually, if you don't mind if I share. The day I met you, I had taken a job managing an art gallery, and you had a painting of a man with a dog that you were coming in to have framed. Ironically, or not, the day you walked in, I had the computer open and was researching how to become a dog trainer. (laughs) (laughs) I've always worked with animals. My uh, bachelor's was pre-veterinary medicine, and I decided not to be a vet, and so was looking into other ways to still work with dogs that didn't involve the medical field, and that's when you magically walked into my life. I know. Obviously, we talk about energy a lot, uh, especially you and I, um, something that is very big in our life and how we had that attraction sometimes. Uh, as a matter of fact, I just made a comment to you the other day that... Every time you call me or we talk on the phone or you come to visit, um, which is not 
as often as I would like it, but <laughs> it's often. I get a piece of mail from for you because you lived with me for about a year. And uh, so I get a piece of mail and I'm like, it's only those times that we talk. It's really weird. Mm-hmm. So it is kind of that energy or vibration or whatever it is that you call it. And I talk about that a lot with dogs as well, how people's energy really reflects on their dogs as well. Yeah. So I started and, and we're just going to say 2006 uh, is when we met and you came in and started working with me. Um, at the kennel, learning how to train dogs. Mm-hmm. And this was a very early time in my training career. I started this in 2001. So I was really only about four, five, six years old at this point uh, as far as training dogs. Now, I talked last week about the corrective method of training that we used and that how we would sit down with the owner and create this laundry list of things that they wanted to fix with their dogs. And I feel like that that's kind of the same thing that I was teaching you at the time. I knew that I had a different path that I wanted to go on. Um, but could you or you know recall just whatever you can recall or remember in and talk about you know what it was like for you, me teaching you this method of training and going through this process? Well, first of all, I was very appreciative because you were willing to pretty much teach me everything you knew. I mean, I had worked around or been around dogs my whole life, but you had a whole new level of really understanding them, how to read them. And so just seeing how you interact with the dogs and what you taught me in your style of training really helped me understand dogs even more than I already did. And so um, I definitely agree with you. Back then, the focus was more all of the things you don't want. So it was very focused on... um, Let's correct or change the the unwanted behavior, um, which obviously has changed and you talk about now in your podcast, who and what you've become along our journey, your journey. Yeah. Um, And I say our journey. I mean, we've mm -hmm. been friends through all this and and we'll get into it in a little (laughs) bit, but there was a little moment there. There was a moment. There was a moment moment, uh, that we had uh, a little bit of an issue, but uh, obviously, our our love and and friendship is is much stronger than that, and I'm so very glad. Um, but anyway, in the process, and and one of the things that I talk about even now is that in that corrective mentality, which I think we all have, we all want to. And I always I always put it in a way of men they want to fix things. Like all the men want to fix the problems. You know, if the wife has a problem or the kids have a problem or there's a problem, we got to fix this problem. Women they want to change things. If this man has a problem, we need to change him. Or the kids have a problem, we need to change them. And I love that because it really is a a mentality that shows how men and women are a little bit different. And um, there tends to be um, a, a different way that we look at it, but it's still that corrective thing. It's still just a different way to say, correct the problem, you know? And um that was it. I mean, we were about correcting the problems. I mean, that's what people brought their dogs to us for. Well, I think naturally as humans too, we're taught, you know, if you do something great, it's not really acknowledged or praised. It's like, yeah, you're doing what you should be doing. But if you do something wrong, then that's pointed out or addressed that, oh, look at you, look at the mistake you made. So if you make mistakes in school or make mistakes at your work, you're definitely going to get in trouble with the boss or called out for that. They're going to want to correct you for the things they find wrong. When you're doing amazing things all day, every day, may or may not be acknowledged or appreciated because that's just 
what you should be doing. Right. right. And, and that's what I, I look at it in human terms. What we do is you don't really acknowledge that until someone goes over and above. Right. right? So, and I go to parents, I'll say sometimes, now, do you stand in front of your kid's bathroom while they're brushing their teeth, you know, and they're 13 years old and you're going, oh, you guys are doing so great. You're doing so good. Thank you for brushing your teeth. You're going to have such a good report. No. But if they get a good report at the dentist, they might get a special treat or go get to see a movie or something like that. So um, that's something that, you know, we've just kind of, like you just said, just been ingrained in us. And to make a mistake is something that's wrong, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, God, the, the mentality of that is so insane to me. And I just, you know, making mistakes is how we grow, you know, and learning by those things. And so, yes, my mental... Um, my mental outlook on how to work with dogs and how to deal with people and things like that has changed so much. And I have so much more fun with people now. In the process of what we were doing and back then, you know, we kind of did that thing where we would get the list of what people wanted to fix and then we would work on those behaviors. Do you, tell me in your words, what that was like to like, specifically work on a behavior, like any one behavior and how we would go through that process. And then what I want to do is kind of talk about it in a way that I I do some of the similar stuff now, but how I look at it a little bit differently, if you can recall that. Yeah, well, it was definitely a long time ago. Um, But back then you had the facilities, so you had two ways of training. You did the in-home one-on-one lessons, and then you had the dogs there at the facility and I was there at the facility working at the with the dogs that were there. And so we would keep them for about eight, was it 30 eight, days? 30 days. Mm-hmm. Um, and each one of the dogs had their own piece of paper that had the list of where yeah. they were in their workouts, what it was they were there to work on. And um, yeah, it was pretty much just, okay, it's your turn, this dog, and here's the things we're specifically working on. And it was more, I would say, of a formula. Granted, I was learning and you were teaching me, so I was trying to follow the steps it should be, but it was definitely less intuitive for me back then and more following the steps of this is what you do. One, two, three, four. Right. Um, so, um, that's great. And that is definitely, I, I came across a piece of paper the other day and it had all the abbreviations mm-hmm. that I'd done. And so, in 30 days, you have to hit different abbreviations and different amounts of time. So, it very much was a step-by-step process. But what I want to talk about specifically, let's say a dog has a problem jumping up, for example. That's a big one we use as an example all the time. Describe what you remember, what you recall as the way that you would work on that specific behavior back then. So specifically for jumping up, it would be coaxing them into jumping up Mm -hmm. and then correcting them for the behavior. So come on, jump up, jump up. They would. And then no, and correct them back off. And then constantly encouraging that over and over and over until once they did jump up uh, or chose not to jump up, then... You'd give them praise, right? Then you praise them. And and that's the thing, right? So, and and I think that that's still the mentality, like with people that I'm working with and things like that, because, um, and that's what we do, right? So, it's the coax about jump up. And now where I talk about my 10 to 1 rule, where in my 10 to 1 rule, you have to praise them 10 times more than jumping up. And I think I, that was one of those rules that we talked about last, you know, when we were working there too. It was more about getting them to choose to not jump up or stay on the floor, to stay on all fours. And 
but I don't but, think you really used that language. Back oh, absolutely then. There definitely not. Definitely wasn't the helping them choose to. It was definitely more what are the issues when they do it, correct it for it. Perfect. See, that's exactly what I was talking about because that's what it was back then, right? It was more about looking at, oh, we got to get them to stop jumping up. We got to get them to stop doing this. This is what this owner's paid us for, you know, so we got to set up the dog and we got to do those things. And we were actually setting the dog up to be wrong, Mm -hmm. you know, to make the mistake. And then when the dog would actually do the thing that we wanted after four or five times, you're like, ah, the dog learned it. And we'd go on, (laughs) you know, and then the dog would go home and it's still, you know, start jumping up or whatever. And of course my, in my mentality, then I was like, well, you're just not working on it enough, you know, kind of thing. But the other thing too, that I remember, and I look back on was the harshness of it. Right. So, um, even you and I were just talking yesterday about, um, that corrective and how I've kind of changed how I talk about the correction. You have two ways you can correct. One would be where it's going to be so tough, the dog's scared to do anything, right? And that's a fear method of of training and a fear method of correction. And the unfortunate part or fortunate part, I don't know, uh, in my line of work and the way that I taught, I'm very good at that. And I don't even make it look like it's hard, you yeah, know, but I can the come to Jesus. Correction right, right. You flip a chair. You remember Absolutely. we would practice correcting. On oh, my a chair. gosh. I was telling someone that the other day. That's funny. I did not know that we made other, I made other people do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had me practice. <laughs> yeah. So you could give a good correction without screaming at the dog, you know, and keeping your tone. And then it made it look like it wasn't that bad. And here's the problem with that, because you're still going for the fear factor, yeah. you know. And so the other day I had a lady and her dog's just been really, really stubborn with the downs. Well, she's not a tough corrector. You know, she's no down. No, you know, just little corrections. And the dog's just sitting there looking at her. I said, okay, at least make the dog stumble a little bit, you know, where you move the dog and get it to change its focus. Still no hurt to the dog. We're using a regular normal collar. I don't go to the pinch collars or the chain collars like we used to. Like that was our immediate thing. I mean, every dog had its own chain collar. Some dogs, they were bad enough. We had to put a pinch collar on them, you know, so we, but that was sitting in front of every one of their crates at night and then in the mornings. So, that's um, a, a very different outlook. So here she is with a regular collar, giving little corrections, and she was doing really well, In but the dog was not lying down, right? And I said, keep on, and I'm just waiting. So when I do this with someone now, right, so I'm waiting for them. And most people, what do you think happens, like, after they've done this four or five times? You're going to get frustrated and just give up. Either that or... Really correct. Yes. Like, really, right? just like, <laughs> Right, and so this lady had probably corrected this dog. 20, 25 times, right? And the dog finally lies down. And she goes, yeah! (laughs) I went, oh my God. You got to praise the dog. And she goes, good boy! (laughs) I was like, that's not praise, right? So she had taken this dog and finally gotten it to do. And what I talked to her about was this is my other style of correction. And the thing that I really do um, work on now is that she was being more willful than the dog and basically nagging the dog into a down. And that's okay. This is actually a really good way of doing it because what it shows and proves to the dog is that you're willing to put the time in, that you're willing to put an effort in and take that time and be kind of like our friendship the way I've done with you. (laughs) You're such an So, So bringing that up, so Nicole left me what, it was about a year and a half, maybe two years after, mm-hmm. and um, went on. What, what was the uh, reason that you left? So 
in the beginning, I would have never left. I, Whatever, stop. I would not. I loved working with you. I just I really became did. a jerk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> absolutely loved it. I'm the type that um, I've always... Uh, confidence is a thing for me. So I've always really enjoyed working with someone or in a partnership versus going off on my own. That's just a trait I've noticed even now today in my uh, older, if you call it older yeah. years, <laughs> my ripe old age of 38. Um, but at the time, I loved it. I loved um, what I was doing. I loved connecting with the dogs. I really loved the facility. And Benny has always um, been a doer. He's really good at when he puts his mind to something, he achieves it and was talking very big from the beginning. We're going to open more facilities. Right. We're going to grow. And so this is the first one, but you know, you get this one under control. We're going to open more. It's going to get so big. And I was really excited about the growth. Um, I'm a doer as well, just not on my own, I guess, if that makes sense. So yeah, I really loved what we had going on. But at the time, it became, from my perspective back then, now granted, this is a long time ago, um, I felt like I was coming in the facility and training the dogs all day, every day. And since everything was kind of under control, you weren't really focused on continuing that growth. So everything was just kind of under control and you were just kind of out living life. And Yeah. yeah. No, and it's true. It's it's one of those things that that I look back on and I realize that, you know, my my mouth was bigger than my <laughs> stomach or whatever you want to call it, you know, my mouth was bigger than my brain or my intention for sure. And um I definitely had looked at growing that business and just things in my life just weren't um going in that direction. Uh, but I'd already put it out there, you know, and and I felt like that that was something that I had um, mistakenly done, you know, where I, I should have really thought that out before I said those things. Um, I always wanted to have that growth and always wanted to do that growth, but I realize now that that is not where my life was going to go and what my life was going to be. And um, doing what I'm doing now, this is the stuff that I love. Yeah. Uh, doesn't mean that I would never want to grow or do something like that, you know. Uh, but I also know that I don't talk about it. You know, I don't put that out there if I don't really have the intention of doing it. And that was my problem. I didn't really have the intention of doing it. And I, but I talked about it all the time. Oh, yeah, this is where we're going to be. This is where we're going to be. And it, it really just comes off as, you know, upsetting because someone that, you know, wants to be with a company or do things, that's what's, you know, that's what they want to, if they, they want to hear that. And I knew that. And I think that's why I was saying it more because I knew people wanted to hear it. Um, not because I really intended to do it, to do that at the time. And who knows? I mean, I do remember right at the end in 2011, I, a year before I had told everybody the kennel is going to be on its own. I'm going to separate from it. Um, you'll be making your own money. And, and this is what I had trained the people to do. I had hired the people to do this. And literally the girl that I had trained to do this, when uh, I said that she gave me her two week notice. Yeah. So I was like, okay, so now they were scared because I wasn't going to be there. Not that I wouldn't have been a part of it. I just was going to separate my business from that business and let the kennel start to survive on its own. And that would have been the thing for growth. But obviously, again, I didn't I don't think you were quite there at the time that I left. I decided to sort of step away. I just remember um, I was like, well, if this isn't going to grow, because I kind of just my opinion of you at the time is you were just out drinking all the time and whatever. Hey, that's that normal. That's what I do now. <laughs> and here I was like working for like putting all my energy into something that was not feeling like it had like 
growth or us together mm-hmm. in the way that I envisioned it. And so I was like, well, maybe I can do this on my own. So I remember I went and had business cards made yeah. and I found a kennel that was going to let me use their space to, to house the dogs. And it was a terrible deal. Like he was going to get the first three dogs I train every month. He kept all the profit. It was a really high percentage he kept. Yeah. It, was, it just didn't feel good. And I passed my business cards out all over town and I think you saw my business card oh, yeah. somewhere. That's how you heard. But then like a few days later, I was like, I can't do this. And yeah. I went around to all the vets and I took all my cards back and threw yeah. them away and I didn't move forward. It was funny too, because um, you were the only one that I didn't make sign the no compete. And man, that was to <laughs> me, that was like, I even tried to go back and get you to sign that. I was so upset. And and uh, there was just so much going on. This is like around 2006 to 2008. This is uh, when I went through my divorce and yeah. um, was still, you know, not in a good place for myself. Um, uh, 2008 is when I really started my personal growth and started doing those things and started realizing that I can be whatever I want. And, you know, that's a couple years too late, you know, for us. And uh, But we were able to work through yeah. that. Yeah. And uh, we have become very good friends. Because I love you. I always have. And we're really good. Like, we work really well together. And work relationships are almost like, you know, dating relationships or family. They all have to work. It's mm-hmm. hard to have a successful business if you and your partner clash, right? Absolutely. And we always just worked really well together. And so, I loved working with you back then. Uh, you're going to be my friend for the rest of my life. I love you. And so yeah. stuff like that, you know. You had so much opportunity too, like in your life. Now you've traveled to many continents and yeah. countries. And uh, we ended up in 2011 going to Peru together <laughs> and um, uh, hiking the Inca Trail. Such an amazing um, opportunity and amazing thing. And our friendship has grown through all of this. Um And it is something that one of the things that I've always said about you, um, you're one of the very few people that got it like I did and you understood it and you wanted to do it. Uh, Obviously, at that place and point in my life, I was... I'm afraid what would have happened if I did open more kennels and stuff (laughs) at this point. You know, I'd probably be a raging alcoholic and uh, not functional in anything. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm really proud that, uh, you're doing what you're doing and you're successful. And, uh, I love, you know, talking with you on, you know, a monthly basis, if not more, um, maybe a little less than that, but, uh, love that you've come back to Nashville just to visit and glad you still have family here. So you have to come back every now and again. (laughs) Um, Actually, uh, Tam and I have come out and seen you a couple times in different places. And so that's just been uh, something that's really been fun and enjoyable. And I'm so glad that we do have that friendship. Mm -hmm. So is there anything else you want to say before we uh, sign off on this thing? It's gotten kind of long. It's been amazing being a part of and then watching your journey as well. Because, yeah, maybe we started back in the day training with correction. And it was more, I think, business. It wasn't, I mean, you've loved dogs and wanted to work with them, but it was definitely a business idea, a way to make money. And it's really been fun to watch you evolve to this intuitive space where your genuine purpose is about connecting the home, building a family. I mean, family dog fusion, it's even yeah. in the name, right? Like bringing uh, pets and their owners together as a family versus just here's a dog, fix it. How do I pay you to fix my dog? Now it's actually just 
creating a home, you know, yeah. building a, a loving relationship between owners and their pets. And um, the world needs more of that. I wish there were a thousand Benny Copelands out there. <laughs> well, thank you. And, you know, I, you're right. I mean, the world does need more of that, uh, especially in what we're going through now with all the COVID um, and all that you uh, were finding. You know, there are a lot of people that are putting their heart and their love into um, some amazing things. And I found that even in my life, when I'm accepting the things that I need to do, I, I don't have a lot of stress. I just do the things out of the kindness of my heart, not because I think it's right or whatever. Um, one of the things that's been going through my head a lot recently is, you know, I can accept what is put in front of me. And I can make the change while I'm being a part of it. The people that aren't a part of it, the people that bucket, the people that don't want you know this to happen or are angry all the time, they're not going to be a part of the change. They're just a part of the problem. And so, and and we see it. It's not just this. It's the frustration that's caused in in all of the stuff that's going on um, around the United States and around the world. So, is there anything else that you'd like to say? No, it's been a pleasure being here and getting to chat. I love with you. you so much. Thank I love you. you so much. This is, uh, in summary, uh, this is Nicole Swan, my very amazing friend, and I'm so glad that she came in today to talk to us. Uh, you discovered that uh, the harshness I used to have can be changed. It may take twenty or thirty years, but it can it can change. And you also learned that this is still an amazing bond, and those friends that you have. Make sure that they always stay your friends. Thank you. Nicole has one more thing to say. <laughs> I do have to say the training word we used when training a dog is awesome. When someone, yeah. <laughs> when a dog does something great, it's awesome. Good job. Awesome. We've said it so much. I still use that word all day, every day. It is a permanent part of my vocabulary. It's awesome. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is when a dog didn't do great and what did bad, we still put good. good. <laughs> so good, even the great, yeah, awesome. yeah, good, great, or awesome. There was never bad, <laughs> you know, medium and great. If you would like to contact us, we have a link on our website, familydogfusion.com. We would love to hear your opinion and we value your feedback. So again, familydogfusion.com. Or if you just want to send us a direct message, you can do that via email. It goes to familydogfusion at gmail.com. Your comments are important to us and help us with future shows. Thank you for listening to our show. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends and family. Also, go ahead and give us a five-star review because it helps others find our show. And frankly, we just love to read them. This show is produced by Eric Jainer and show notes are created by Carissa Dolan. Thank you to all of the Family Dog Fusion team and our affiliate sponsor, Healthy Paws Pet Insurance. For your free pet insurance quote, go to familydogfusion.com slash insurance. And go to familydogfusion.com and sign up for your free membership today. Be impeccable with your dog.